everybody, it's Kathy, and you are listening to Paranormal Tower. So I'm actually coming uh, to you from, believe it or not, from one of my bucket list places, um, not in the United States, uh, but actually in the Caribbean. And I am not a hot weather person. I'm not a person that enjoys the beach. I'm not a person that enjoys heat. But I am absolutely a massive fan of the Caribbean and its peoples. Um, And the Caribbean is a really unique place because its history is is so um, convoluted and so... It's kind of, it, it has a dark history. So it has this dark history because of the exploration of or by European uh, people into the Americas. Um, you know, and you guys are no doubt, you know, familiar with a lot of the controversy surrounding um, Columbus and surrounding... Um, Western civilization, how do I put it? Western European um, colonization of other areas. Now, listen, wherever you fall in the political scheme, it's not, I, I don't actually care. You know, I mean, it has nothing to do with, with your interest in the paranormal or my interest in the paranormal. But from a historical perspective, there is no way to overstate the negative impact that European colonization had on the peoples of the Americas. It's just impossible. You can't, as bad as you think it is, it is so much worse, right? That's not to say that, that, if you want to say that that has no implication on today, that's perfectly fine, but you cannot exonerate, you cannot exonerate historical figures by simply saying it was a different time there was never ever a time when um slavery and murder was acceptable there was a time when people thought it was we'll leave it at that okay um but regardless of whether they thought it was okay that's separate from how the people who were on the receiving end of it, how the people who were negatively impacted by it um, experienced. Uh, you know, you can forgive Columbus, but you, it, it, you, you can't forgive him and then pretend that the tens of thousands and upwards of millions of people that were negatively impacted um, weren't negatively impacted, right? So you can say it wasn't Columbus's fault, but it did still happen, right? And it was a horrible, horrible time. Um, I had this conversation with somebody the other day where we talked about, you know, what single thing has had the worst or the most horrific impact on the world? You know, what, what is it? Is it is it nuclear power? Well, that's had a hugely positive impact as well. You know, is it... Um, you know, is it cocaine? Is it heroin? Is it, you know, what is it? Um, and we came up with the conclusion that it's probably sugar, that sugar has led to an enormous number of ailments, deaths, horrible practices, slavery into the Americas, um, you know, the proliferation of slavery in the United States, 
um, you know, 400 years of, of the Atlantic slave trade. Um, and then on top of that, massive amounts of addiction and blah, 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 blah. So, and the Caribbean was kind of, you know, the ground zero for all of this because in addition to being um, part of the trade route, you know, and being the first areas in North, in the North and South America where, um, where sailors and cargo ships and whatnot could get the supplies that they needed and then, you know, deliver into different ports and, um, you know, have fresh water and, and all of the, those exciting things that Johnny Depp has taught us. Um, in addition to that, you know, it was, it was the sugar plantations of large parts of, uh, the Caribbean that, um, helped keep the slave trade, uh, alive. Um, even though in the United States, it lasted far longer than it did in the Caribbean. But when we talk about the history of the Caribbean, we cannot do so without talking about the African uh, slave trade because the remnants of it are the nations that are still here. Um, but there's something else that's kind of here that is fascinating to me. So when we talk about the paranormal, a lot of us almost exclusively talk about ghosts and spirits. And, you know, every once in a while we'll throw in a cryptid. Um, you know, maybe Bigfoot gets in there or Mothman or something like that. But for me, it's also a lot of these what-ifs, these, these theories and these fringe topics that that are fascinating to me because there's no real evidence of them but there's just enough to be like well maybe right and one of those for me is Atlantis now my intellectual brain says no it didn't exist um but my f my far flighted kind of out there fringe brain says, but how in the hell do we know that it didn't exist? Like, for instance, how do we know that there wasn't some kind of cataclysmic, you know, event that exactly the way Plato says happened that led to this place just kind of disappearing? And, you know, I know that it's not probable. I know that it's not likely, but there's a part of me that's still like, but it's still possible, right? And there's always been this part of me that has has kind of felt like we have this incredible arrogance in thinking that we know what we know and that what we know is all there is to know. And yet, you know, for hundreds of years in the Middle Ages, mankind completely forgot its own history. So who is to say that we haven't, we did, that there wasn't some kind of a hugely advanced, you know, civilization that just disappeared and disappeared in such totality that no one was left to kind of understand it. You know, like, 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 no one knew that dinosaurs existed until they found one, you know? And the dinosaurs had existed here for millions of years. And it took somebody finding one. And not only did they, it take someone finding one, it took, it took us, you know, 6,000 years to find one. So what if, you know, I don't know. And, and again, I understand that it's not likely. I'm just saying, what if, 
right? So for me, one of the few, you guys are familiar with the, the phrase, um, you know, the white crow, right? So in paranormal uh, research, the white crow is a statement made by William James, I'm paraphrasing it here, where essentially he says, in order to prove, in order to prove, in order to disprove the tenant that all crows are black, one must not prove that no crow is black. One must only produce a single white crow. And the idea, the reason why he was saying that was he was studying um, psychic phenomena and he was studying mediumship. And people were saying they're all frauds. And he was saying, I don't, I don't have to prove that none of them are frauds. I just have to prove that one of them is not a fraud. In other words, I don't need to show that every person that's claiming to have psychic ability is honest and truthful and capable of doing what they're saying. I just have to find one person that has provable psychic ability. And he did actually come up with a couple of people that he believed. And he was, he was um, you know, head of the American Society for Psychical Research, which is currently kind of not really an organization that's still in existence. But at the time took itself very seriously. And I think people took it fairly seriously, too, because of the caliber of the people that were running it and how important they felt that their jobs were. Um, but one of these white crows, one of these one of these hallmarks in paranormal research, uh, one of these people that is, I think, still pretty well, not only respected, but I think when people take a shot at him, they're doing it in a knee-jerk way. They're, they're, they're saying, well, he can't have been truthful because, because psychic phenomena doesn't exist, right? So if that's your, if, if that's your argument, if your argument is that um, a psychic has to be a fraud because psychic phenomena doesn't exist, then I don't want to hear your argument because you're not, you're not actually proving or disproving anything. You're just showing your unwillingness to, um, you know, to, to truly argue and debate. You don't have anything else to stand on except your faith in the fact that psychic phenomena can't exist. So, um, but that person is Edgar Casey, the sleeping prophet. Any student of the of the of uh, the paranormal is going to be pretty familiar with him. His story is interesting. His story is unique, um, but it's also kind of above reproach. You know, here's a guy that didn't really step too far. You know, he he was an ethical person. He he was a successful um, he was a successful psychic he he devoted his psychic phenomenon his psychic abilities to the healing of people and he did it in this weird kind of way where he was separate it was a separate consciousness that was doing these things and you know there's the edgar casey library um of homeopathic uh uh healings and homeopathic um uh medicine and it's still taken very very seriously um and, you know, his story is interesting because some of it you could say, well, that's like, you know, the, that's someone's mental state splintering to allow them, um, you know, to, uh, to to have psychic phenomena in one part of their lives and, and maybe stay out of it in another part of their lives. But, um, you know, he was interesting. He would go into a... Into a 
into a hypnotic state. Um, you could write him a letter saying, this is what's going on in my life, or this is the ailment that I have. And he would lay down on a couch, um, and his wife would, would read the letter to him. And while he was in this state, he would, um, he would prescribe homeopathic um, and folkloric medicines to uh, assist you. Um, but he also was prophetic. So he was a prophet. He, um, or a prophet, uh, he, he, was, he saw the future or he, he claimed to see the future. And he was easily believable because there was a quirky down-home aspect to him and which made him palatable to a lot of different people who maybe wouldn't have found the whole idea of psychic phenomena to be all that, you know, easy to swallow. Um, and then there were things about him that I think that the mainstream found very, very difficult to uh, reconcile, and even to this day. Um, for instance, uh, Edgar Casey believed in past lives, which is not unusual in and of itself. Um, but he believed that he had been an Atlantean. In other words, he had been a citizen of the continent of Atlantis. The um, large, uh, hugely advanced civilization that um, some people believed had existed prior to ancient Greece and prior to ancient Egypt and that had suffered a cataclysmic um, world-ending event that had led it to sinking into the Atlantic Ocean. Um, there's tons written on Atlantis. Uh, Helena Blavatsky called it Lemuria, so it was another continent. Um, and it was this belief that mankind had had uh, had existed has had existed for tens of thousands of years longer than suspected, longer than the fossil record um, allows, and that it had reached these heights of technological advancement that we have not yet re reached to this day, and that something had happened either through the hubris of the people living in Atl Atlantis or through some kind of external extraterrestrial event or through some natural cataclysmic event that they were unable to stop. Um, someone suggested, you know, uh, an asteroid or a meteor, but that we would have ha had evidence of. Um, but that it actually led to this um, massive, very quick... Uh, destruction of this huge civilization and that this huge civilization and I'm not we're not talking about a little town we're talking about something like the size of you know North America uh, breaking off from a from a larger landmass and just literally sinking to the bottom of of the Atlantic Ocean to such depths that it has never that not a, even one piece of it has ever been discovered. Plato writes about it, and he actually talks about how about where it was. And so there was there was this belief then, even then, you know, before there was an awareness by um, by Western Europe, you know, by by Western European and classic European uh, places that North America even existed. 
they they kind of knew it existed. They they knew that there was a space out there, but they believed that there had been something between that. And um, so there had been folklore, there had been legends, there had been mythology about it, handed down generation to generation to where Plato wrote about it. And so uh, the idea of Atlantis is not new. But um, Edgar Cayce... Um, and, you know, someday I'll actually probably do, do a full podcast on who he was and his whole story. But Edgar Casey believed that not only had Atlantis existed, but that many of the people who exist today, or at least during his time, um, had experienced lives as Atlanteans. And we're not talking about, like, Aquaman, where, like, the Atlanteans lived under the ocean. They were human beings, and they died when uh, when, Atlanta, when Atlantis um, sank. Um, and, you know, he believed it. And he believed that one of his past lives had been spent as an Atlantean. And so in 1938... He had gone into a trance, and while in a trance, he claimed that he had connected with the spirit of a fellow Atlantean, and they'd had this conversation, and this conversation was essentially, when are human beings, when are contemporary human beings going to find evidence that Atlantis had existed, and when they do, what's it going to mean, you know? And the spirit that he was in contact with said, um, it's, it's going to happen fairly quickly. It's going to happen within the next 30 years. And so we had said, essentially, in 1968, 1969, um, human, c- contemporary human beings are going to find evidence of the road that leads to Atlantis. And he asked the spirit where this road was going to be. And they said, oh, it's, it's the road off the coast of an island currently called Bimini. Now, Bimini is one of the uh, islands of the Bahamas. And, um, but, you know, I mean, you're talking about essentially, you know, looking for a needle in a haystack. But you don't even know if the needle is there. Right, so lots of people have been looking for Atlantis. Lots. Some people said, "Oh no, it's off the European coast." Some people said, "No, it's off. It's in the Mediterranean." Some, you know, uh, people looked all over the place. But Edgar Casey woke up out of this trance and said, "In 1968, 1969, they're going to find evidence of a road, um, and that road is going to be the beginning of learning about Atlantis, about the civilization of Atlantis, the lost civilization of Atlantis, and it's going to be someplace off." of the coast of an island called Bimini. Now, if you look at a map, Bimini, you know, it's part of the islands of the Bahamas. And it's not a huge island. It's kind of out in the middle of the ocean. And when we talk about looking for a needle in a haystack, um, that's pretty much what it is. Like, you know, you could look, you could look in, a, in the ocean for, for, centuries and not find one specific spot because you don't know where it is so if even if you're even if you're looking at it using you know using airplanes and using sonar and using all of these things you're not going to find it unless you really know where to look and so um you know that was 1938 come 1968 
uh, a diver is um, swimming in the ocean off of Bimini, in the north part of Bimini. And he comes across what appears to be a man-made road. And it appear at the time it appears to be a man-made road. And what he realizes is, is that this is this these these stones appear to be placed in such a way that it looks like a massive cobblestone road. Um, he wasn't sure, and later people weren't sure, and they're still not sure, is is this a road or is it a wall? So if, if you go down further, because when they went down a little bit further, they realized that there were stones further down. So it wasn't as if it wasn't as if the water had risen above this road. It almost was as if something had dropped into the into the ocean. Now, it's a half a mile long and it's between 18 and 20 feet wide. That sounds pretty big when you know where it is, but it's not that big when you think of the expanse of the Atlantic Ocean around the Caribbean. But it's fascinating, right? And I mean, we're talking about 50 years ago and and people are still searching and they're still trying to, they're still arguing. Now they've done carbon t- uh, testing on the, the rocks um, and some of the rocks are only about 2,000 years old, which means it couldn't be Atlantis. But then there are people who, are, who argue and say, no, you didn't test it properly. This is not how you would have tested to see the actual age of the rock you're just you know you're you're, you're taking pieces of it you're not taking the right pieces of it Um, but what they did determine was that the rocks that were the stones the cobblestones as they well because some people say no it's completely natural Um, it's a completely natural place Um, in other words it's not a road at all it just looks like one Um, but they did do a test and, and on the test it shows that what is on the stones that look like cobblestones is not the same thing that is on everything else around it. So in other words, it originated elsewhere and was brought there. So because if it all originated in the same place, it would all have the same particulates on it and it doesn't. So I'm here in the Bahamas and I'm actually working on a series about phantom ships Um, There are two types of ghost ships when people talk about ghost ships. A ghost ship is, in maritime uh, discussion, is a ship that is sailing without a crew. And there are lots of them out there. Um, And they're creepy and, and strange in their own right. And then there are phantom ships that are literally mirages of ships. In other words, they're the they're the apparition. Of, of ships and and those stories are what's fascinating to, to me because the idea that we only experience the paranormal on land is unusual um, and it doesn't seem as likely um, that being said I could not be down here without talking about Bimini and and the reason is is that of all of the things that are so unusual in our world and that are so strange and so out there. The idea that that humanity and technology and knowledge could simply disappear and be utterly and completely forgotten is terrifying to me and yet also completely exciting because it's this idea of a reboot right where where we're all part of some kind of collective um you know some kind of 
collective knowledge uh, uh, or, or collective accruement of knowledge. And the idea that, you know, we think, oh, wow, it's been 50 years and we haven't found it. But according to legend, it's been 10,000 years or 12,000 years since Atlantis fell into the sea. And can you imagine? I mean, think about it. Think about when they found Tutankhamun's, um, you know, the tomb of Tutankhamun. They didn't even know he existed. They had no idea whose tomb they were going into. And the idea that there could be this whole world and that this whole world could have been as advanced as we are. And we think of ourselves as the apex. We are the most advanced that anyone has ever been because we think that human experience moves in one direction as if it's only ever moving upwards and forward. And history tells us that's not true. And Current history shows us that's not true. And political history shows us that's not true. And our own contemporary today tells us it's fluid. We don't move forward and upward only. We move forward and sideways and backwards and we fall and we rise and we have massive jumps forward and massive jumps backward. The only difference is we don't know that. And so the idea that's sitting, you know, dormant under 20 feet of water, 30 feet of water, 40 feet of water, where people are swimming with the pigs, right? Or they're so excited to have a Bahama Mama. Or they're cruising by in massive cruise ships. There is the vestiges of a continent that we didn't even know existed. That's fascinating to me. So I wanted to talk to you about it just because it's been completely, um, you know, occupying my mind and occupying my thoughts. And it doesn't even touch base on the idea of, you know, a spirit of Atlantis talking about it. But just the idea that it's still there. So, guys, I'm going to finish up here. I'm probably going to talk to you about Edgar Casey because now I'm all into him. But I hope you're having a great uh, I hope you're having a great week. I hope your Labor Day was great. Um, again, if you are following us on, uh, if you can, and you're enjoying what we're talking about, please make sure you give us a review. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Paranormal Museum or at Paranormal Tower. Uh, we're on Facebook, of course, at Paranormal New Jersey. We are on uh, Twitter at Paranormal NJ, although I very rarely am on there. Um, and if you want to throw some support our way, uh, if you go to patreon.com forward slash paranormal, you can become a member of the team and we really, really appreciate it. But again, the best way for uh, you to help us spread the word is to tell your friends to listen and to give us uh, a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, so I'll be talking to you again soon. I hope you guys are having a great week. And, um, you know, look it up. Go Google a uh, video of um, the Bimini Road. I think you'll find it really, really interesting. Peace.